Before we listen to this week's episode, I have to give a shout out to RHR Talks Workshop. This week, you're going to hear RHR consultants Danielle and Isabel's first workshop. Both of them have years of experience and talk through some key steps to navigating your job search, putting together your CV, networking, and how to prepare for that all-important interview. Feedback from the workshop was so overwhelmingly positive, we decided to give some further spotlight on the podcast. If you missed the first one, don't panic. The girls are back on April 28th for another free live workshop covering interview preparation in more detail. If you're interested in joining the workshop, which will be held virtually via Zoom, then email your name to rhrtalks at rhr.co.uk to make sure to secure a place. There'll be a live chat with consultants during the workshop for any questions you might have, and the presentation will be followed with some Q&A time. You can participate as much or as little as you like, or not at all. We appreciate your job search might not be something that you want to shout about, and we've got you covered, so names and faces can be hidden if more comfortable. If you're new to the job market or a seasoned pro, we think there's something here for everyone. Don't forget, April 28th at 1pm. Follow the RHR page on LinkedIn or visit our website, rhr.co.uk, for more information and updates. So, welcome. Welcome to RHR Talks. Um, It's going to be the first in, hopefully, a series of these webinars and online workshops where us consultants here at RHR can share our experience to help you guys and ensure that you're you're getting the most out of your job search. So, I'm Danielle. Um, Some of you may know me as, as you may be I'm maybe your consultant um, and I'm going to be joined by Izzy so I've been with the business for just over four years now and specialize in all things head office so it is quite broad um, my roles have really expanded over time and um, I recruit for everything from buying and merchandising procurement marketing creative graphic design um, e-commerce technical um, HR talent you name it, if it sits in head office, I've most probably recruited for it. So yeah, it's quite broad. Um, And Izzy, introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, Yeah, I'm a a senior account manager with RHR. I've been with the business for a long time. As you might be able to tell from my slightly brummy twang, I'm based in the Birmingham office. Uh, And like Danielle, I sort of cover a variety of, of sectors from HR, finance, e-com, retail ops, um, and head office roles. Um, and I recruit for roles from sort of um, junior management position right the way up to director, sort of exec level as well. Perfect. So as I was saying, so today is really just to ensure that you feel confident in that you're doing all the right things to maximise your chances in securing that new job role. So if you have any questions, we do have a few consultants at hand to answer those in the chat box. So please feel free to pop questions as we talk through in there um, and grab a pen and paper if you can. But if not, not to worry, as we've mentioned before on LinkedIn, if, if that's where you saw, saw us promoting is that we're going to be sending over a PDF document afterwards, just covering off everything that we speak through today so that you can revert back to it. So no worries if you don't have a pen and paper at hand at all. So obviously this is our first live webinar today, which is exciting. Um, also a little bit nerve wracking as well, but we will do our best to guide you through the topics that we've got today. Um, and any feedback from you guys will be really great. So um, like Danielle said, we're gonna send you out a survey afterwards. Um, you can kind of fill in. 
as we all know, it's a really tough time to be on the market um, with a year's, uh, well, over a year now of obviously the pandemic pandemic happening. Um, lots of companies have got recruitment freezes on. There's lots of redundancies. Um, and unfortunately, there's companies that just aren't surviving it as well, which basically means that it's a very sort of candidate heavy market and there aren't so many opportunities out there. So today we plan to give you our top tips across the three main stages of your job search. So these are writing a CV or preparing a CV, getting yourself noticed, and also preparing for interview. We do plan to go through each one of these topics in a lot more detail, dedicating a session to each one of those topics um, in the coming weeks. And if this is something you'd like to be part of, do let us know. Um, so you can email us on the RHR Talks um, email address or just keep your eye out on the RHR sort of LinkedIn page as well. Um, and we'll keep you updated as to when those seminars will happen. So what, what we want to talk about first is CV and cover letters. So the purpose of this first session is to very much give you an introduction into writing a good, good cover letter and CV. Like I said, remember, this is very much the basics that we're going to talk through today. We're just going to give you our top three tips to give you the best chance of securing an interview. This is based purely on our experience as consultants. As you can imagine, Danielle and I receive hundreds of CVs every day. We also write CVs as well for the clients um, when we are tendering applications um, from candidates also. So this is purely based on our experience. Um, and yeah, from that, we've kind of drawn our top three tips. You do need to remember that your CV is how you market yourself and you've only got a really small amount of time to impress. So it's really important when you're job searching to get this right. So the top three tips we're gonna talk about today are keeping your CV brief, keeping your CV relevant, and also keeping your CV up to date. So keeping it brief. Um, some statistics really do show that recruiters only spend about 10 seconds looking at each CV. So do remember that your CV is your shop window. So both internal, external recruiters and HR teams can get inundated with hundreds of applications. Like I've, I'm sure all of you have seen it on LinkedIn um, at times where you see like three, 400 applications to one job role. And that's just through LinkedIn itself, not even their own company website. Um, even outside of a pandemic, though, some roles that we work on, there is just high volumes of CVs. And remember as well, this isn't just the one role that that recruiter or line manager or HR team are working on at one time. So, yeah, again, it is your shop window. So it's so important to to keep it brief. Recruiters, HR, line managers um, just don't have that time, unfortunately, to read lengthy cover letters and also long CVs. We are really looking for some key points, some top tips and must haves um, that we want you to all include. So. Our advice is to keep that CV to two pages, three pages at most if you really have to, um, as well as the cover letter. Ensure that you are looking at about two to three paragraphs, not an A4 piece of paper. Um, consider if you really do need that long profile as well and those hobbies, that, that skill section. So when looking at skills, I always talk about soft skills and hard skills. So soft skills are more opinion. Um, 
um, and hard skills are more factual. So technical skills um, must have skills that you need. Uh, does the fact that you like cooking or going traveling, is that really going to help you stand out and get the job? Most probably not, I'm afraid. So yeah, you might want to lose a few of these things to free up space to really sell your experience. Um, so do bear that in mind. And the most recent Roles are always going to be the most relevant. So, yeah, I do see it sometimes where it's all back to front. We want your most recent at that top of that page. So depending on where you are in your career, really does depend what you have on there. But you might not need the the part-time jobs that you had at university on your CV anymore. You might also want to take out a few of those responsibilities um, that you had in those junior roles, especially if you are quite far down the line in your career in that industry. So yeah, it's really about reviewing what you have and just making sure that it's relevant. Absolutely. I mean, that leads me on to the next one. So you need to make sure that your CV is relevant as well. Why is this important? Well, it's really important to keep the information um, on your CV relevant to any potential interviewer or HR person or whoever it is that's shortlisting your CV. You need to make sure that you're providing all the information that they need to make an informed decision on your application. They may not have time to come back to you and ask for more information um, and they may just then go on to the next CV. So unfortunately, you will then have missed out. So you want your CV to match as many of the key criteria that you see in that job advert, in that job description for what they're looking for to basically maximise your chances of being invited. Remember, if you've only got two pages, like Danielle's spoken about, um, you've only got um, that, those two pages to get it right. So it can mean the difference of an invite or not. So how are we going to keep our CV relevant? What are the key things that any HR or recruitment person needs um, when they're shortlisting um, CVs? Well, the most important thing ultimately is where you work and what you do. So um, you need to make sure that you have your job um, title and your company right at the top of your CV. It needs to be in bold because um, that's probably what we're looking for first when we do look at a CV. And then after that, perhaps your last sort of two or three roles, not going any further back than 10 years. And to be honest with you, it's the last five years that we're really interested in um, as recruiters. Some candidates do leave the name of their company off their CV. We wouldn't recommend that you do this. Um, any HR or, or, or recruiter is our, our experts in confidentiality. And obviously all the new GDPR laws mean that, you know, um, that information won't be going anywhere. We really need to know what company that you work for so that we can make an informed decision as to whether you're right for that, for that role. Um, and many companies do like to have that sort of like-for-like -like experience. So it's important that we know where you work. So title and where you work, obviously, is super important. The other part of your CV to make it relevant um, is you need to make sure that you put achievements on your CV and not a job description. It is a classic CV mistake. Uh, if you are a buyer and you're applying for buyer positions, the person that's shortlisting those CVs will ultimately know what a buyer does. But what we don't know is what makes you different from the competition. Um, and the best way to do that is to put your key achievements on there. Uh, we want to know what your main achievements are, what you're most proud of, and what your legacy will really be once you leave that role. Those are the things ultimately that will get you that invite for interview. 
Um, and if you can match um, those key achievements with the job description as well, so try and hit as many of those sort of keywords or, or things that you've seen in, in that job description or job advert um, with, with your key achievements, um, that will give you the edge as well, sort of above the competition. The other thing as well to make sure that your CV is relevant is to make sure that your contact details are on there and you'll be surprised how many people make applications to us um, and actually they forget to put that information on there and actually having the most perfect CV for a role and then not being able to get hold of that person is super frustrating. So make it really easy for companies to be able to contact you should they want to meet you. And, obviously, and, and also, while we're on the subject of sort of email addresses and things like that, do make sure that they're professional as well. We've all had that one CV with, with um, sort of not professional, perhaps, um, uh, email addresses like MissBootDelicious.com um, that we sort of talk about with our colleagues. But you do need to make sure that you're being talked about for the right reasons. So next up, third and finally, keeping it updated. So why is that super important? It, it sounds obvious, but you just never know when that ideal role is going to come along. You want to be ready to apply when, when it does, and you want to be amongst some of the first people that make that application. So by keeping it updated regularly, we're going to just ensure that we have the chance to really reflect on what we've achieved in our current role. So remember, mistakes can happen. We are all human. Um, so when we're rushing to get those, those CVs ready and, and done in time for that deadline, mistakes, they happen. Um, that's life. So yeah, ensuring that we are setting a date and time to get that CV done um, and updated regularly is, is key. The obvious um, choice a lot of the time is when we are actively looking for a new role. But what about, you know, once you've had your annual review or biannual review and you've just sat down with your hiring um with your manager, sorry, and spoke about all the great things that you've done that year, that's a real good time to go away, go home, pop all those achievements on there so you don't have to worry about it. Another um, time to do that is the new year, new me, new job. It is a common phrase for a reason. So yeah, I mean, I see a lot of people start to make a move and apply um, in the new year. So you might want to do that and update it just before, so the end of the year. Um, that's always a good time to make sure we're ready. So common mistakes that we see um, on rush CVs, I mean, there are so many different, different ones um, from, from really small mistakes to quite big mistakes. So not changing the to date to the to present um, on when you left your job role. So that could be on your previous job or it could be right now that you've, you've wrapped up a role and you're on no notice and you just haven't popped in the month and year that you have um, finished up there. So make sure you do. A reason for that is if you are on no notice it can be quite attractive um especially for more senior candidates that a lot of the time have a three months notice period you know the fact that you're available immediate immediately can can work in your favor so don't be afraid to change that as well as what Izzy was saying, contact details, whether you've changed your email address, your telephone, or even where you live, it's so important to update that on your CV. A lot of time we do look at the location. So if you live two hours away from a job I'm advertising, 
or you did live two hours away, now you live closer, I might rule you out because of that commute. So make sure that you're updating that. Um, as well as the past and present tense, I see this a lot. Um, a lot of time we, we just like to add to our CV. We really do need to review it and audit it. Make sure that if it was in the past, you're using the right tenses. So it's what you used to do. It's not what you're doing now. Um, and then thirdly, I guess it's going back to achievements. How common is it that we think, right, I want to talk about certain achievements that I had a year or two ago, but I can't remember the actual results. So whether that's a percentage uplift or cash flow uplift, we forget those small details. And those those details are why we want, why we want to interview you. You know, it's what we want to talk about at the interview. So just doing it updating your cv as you achieve your achievements is good because you're not going to forget about certain things that we really want to see on there which future employers want to know so to summarize the top three tips or key things to remember when cv writing are keep it brief two pages is enough Think about whether you do really need those long profiles or hobbies or skill section on it. And don't include any older information if you don't need it. Two, make sure that you keep it relevant. What you do and where you work. Achievements, not a job description. And that contact details are included and that they are professional. And three, keep your CV updated. Set a date to update your CV and stick to it. Watch out for the typical mistakes that Danielle spoke about and update your achievements regularly as well so that that CV is ready to go when you see that perfect opportunity. So next up is, is getting noticed. I guess now that we've got the CV in a great place and it's looking good, it's all about getting it out there. So we want to look at as many options as possible to increase your chances of getting noticed. So you'll all know how to type a job role into a search engine, find the role you want, click apply. Um, the problem is so does everyone else. So yeah, there's so much more you can be doing um, and we want to talk about how to expand that and utilize the network that you have um, or that you're going to get effectively. So the three main areas that we're looking at is getting the most out of LinkedIn, um, super important, using the right recruitment agency, RHR, for example, um, and effectively using the network that you already have. So let's talk LinkedIn. It's one of my favorites to talk about, um, especially now because we're all using it so much more than before. So it's not enough to simply just have your LinkedIn account and um, waiting for job roles to be posted or recruiters and HR professionals to message you directly. There are some things that you need to be doing and should be doing, even if you're already in a role. So we want to make sure that we are visible to potential employers ultimately. So make sure like your CV is, um, it's informative, it's up to date. Again, it's another shop window of your experience. So this will include your work history, your contact details even, as well as an up-to-date profile picture. So I've seen of recent, a lot of people change their profile picture. And um, now that we're out of the office in a corporate environment, and a lot of us are working from home, and um, you've seen pictures change and become a bit more relaxed. So yes, make sure you're updating it. Ensure that you're following the companies that you are interested to work for. Make sure that you're following them. Um, and don't be afraid to follow the line managers, the HR teams, the recruiters, um, 
make sure you're following and connecting with these people. So finally, when you are on LinkedIn, if you can, and I know not everyone is out of work at the moment, some people are still in a role and still actively looking, but if you are out of work, you can actually make your profile open to opportunities. So you can write that in the heading. You can also add the little green badge onto your profile picture. It goes back to what I was saying about notice period. Um, it can be attractive that you are on no notice, that you are immediately available so don't be afraid to do that as well we want to know that you're looking if you are looking um now that you're growing your network it's all about interacting with companies and individuals that you're keen to work for so now that you've got all the right information don't be afraid to comment on articles like and share content even engage with the people that you follow so just commenting and starting a conversation with them that way is really important so the main thing I'm trying to get across is be visible as active as you can, like you would use Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, obviously keep it professional, um, but use it, make sure you're visible so that when you are making those applications, then you're being recognized. So that's not going to be the first time that a business hear of you or, or know your name. And they may be more inclined to invite you in for an interview, as well as if you think about algorithms and how Facebook Facebook and Instagram work and Twitter even um, the more you use it the more relevant content will come up that match what you're looking for as well as vice versa so the more you use it the more relevant your profile will be to certain hiring managers and and recruiters so yeah it's all about that of visibility. The next step is choosing the right recruitment agency, which is obviously RHR, of course. Remember, it's all about expanding your network and giving you that edge over the competition. So why register with an agency? A recruiter within, a, within an agency will have access to the job market from a completely different perspective. We have a wide network of contacts that have been built up over um, many, many years. I mean, some of the um, businesses I've worked with, I've worked with for over 10 years. Um, so we have that sort of trust and that reputation with them to get you that interview and to be able to influence. So um, obviously you, you, you have that. Um, we also might make you kind of think about businesses you've never thought about applying before. So there may be companies that are obvious to you that you want to work for, but other businesses perhaps that are up and coming businesses that you've maybe perhaps not heard of um, that we might introduce to you. And actually it's that perfect opportunity. So again, it's just about widening that network and, and the opportunities potentially that you potentially could have. We might have access to vacancies as well that haven't been briefed to the market. So occasionally clients will come to us um, with confidential projects, for example. So again, you're, you're getting to kind of see and hear about those first. And a lot of the clients that we work with, we've got a um, the sort of relationship where they might talk about vacancies even before they're briefed to a market. So we can kind of introduce you as a candidate even before it's been hit and advertised. And you can be one of those CV, first CV that's on their desk, uh, which again, just gives you the edge over the competition. Because there are so many candidates looking at the moment, often vacancies will come on and actually go quite quickly. Whereas before they might have been advertised for sort of two or three weeks. I've seen vacancies now that are just being advertised for a few days and then they'll come off the company site just because they're getting such a huge volume of application. So if you're registered with the right agency, you'll hear about that, that opportunity first. 
The other thing your consultant can do to you is we can be on, on, on hand to obviously offer advice and guidance through the interview process and right up to offer stage as well, which should give you the edge um, above the competition and sort of securing that offer as well. And we can also make sense of those sometimes very confusing job boards as well. You might see an opportunity being advertised or, or a number of opportunities being advertised in one location, um, but often they're not advertised with the branding um, of the company on there. Um, your consultant should be able to make sense of what that role is um, and who's advertising as well. It is really, really important though that you choose the right agency because not all recruiters work as consultants and, and as we do as a consultancy. So ensure that the company is reputable, ensure the company is trustworthy um, and that they've got a good sort of reputation in the market because ultimately that company will be representing you and your application when it goes across. Remember though, once you've got that agency that you're registered with, um, you, there are a few things you need to remember to make sure that that relationship is really successful as well. So do make sure that you keep in touch with your consultant. So there's loads of candidates that I've had over the years um, that you know, they might register with me, I might place them, and then a few years later, um, they'll come back to me and then they place themselves, and a few years later, uh, then I might place them. So it is very much sort of a long-term ongoing relationship. So it's really important that you keep in touch with your consultant um, just to open those, those sort of doors for you. You need to be really honest with your consultant about exactly what it is you're looking for as well. So if there's an opportunity you're not so keen on, just let your consultant know. Um, and Make sure as well that you do um, register with an agency that recruits in the field that you are looking um, to work in as well. Sounds like an obvious one, but you need to make sure that they work on the type of opportunities that you are looking to work um, within. The other thing as well, sorry, uh, Danielle, um, is to let your consultant know if anything does change. So like Danielle said, you know, if you decide that you're moving up to Edinburgh and your consultant doesn't know, um, you know, they're not going to be searching in the right sort of areas for you. So it's really important to keep those communication kind of doors open. Ah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's all right, I paused, my fault. <laughs> so using the network that you already have, I guess that's that's the final one in getting noticed. Um, it's ensuring that the network that you have and the network that you're building know what, what's going on with you. So Contact all those ex-colleagues or ex-managers that you used to work for. Let friends and even acquaintances know that you're on the job market. Um, it's such a small world. And use your LinkedIn contacts as much as you can. You know, check in with people, see how they're doing as well as their business. Don't always just ask, have you got a role for me? Um, just use the network in, in a human way, I guess. Stay in touch with consultants. As Izzy was talking about, we need to know if anything changes your end. Expectations can change quite quickly. Um, and yeah, you just need to make sure that relationship is ongoing. So ultimately, it's just about saying that your, your job search is a proactive exercise and using your network is a part of that. So don't just sit and wait for vacancies to pop up and don't just wait for that to be the first interaction that you have with people um, within a business that you want to work for. There's there's not much excuse now um, with, with LinkedIn. It's just so easy to, to build those connections. Um, and once you leave a role, don't lose contact with your, with your ex-colleagues and that already built 
adult network it like I said before it's such a small world um no matter what sector you work in what level you just never know when that next time is that you might potentially work with someone again Absolutely. I mean, how many times, Danielle, do you interview people and you ask them, you know, their reason for leaving or how did they secure that role? And it can be, you know, oh, you know, previous sort of line managers approaching them or, or they've started a role and they go to the interview process and it's somebody they know. So, yeah, that networking piece is super important, isn't it? Yeah. So to summarise, the best way to get noticed when you're applying for roles is to effectively utilise your network. And to do this, you may need to expand it. And like Danielle said, you need to be super proactive in your approach, especially when the competition is really, really high like it is at the moment. So um, use LinkedIn effectively. Register with the right recruitment agency and make sure that you utilise your existing network as well. So now we're going to move on to uh, the exciting part, preparing for interviews. So you've got your CV right, you've, you've been noticed um, and you've been invited for an interview. So the idea of this part of the session is for you to understand really why it's important to prepare for an interview and also how to prepare for an interview. So the top three tips that we're going to discuss are make sure that you research the company, make sure that you understand the job, and make sure that you prepare the logistics, so what you're doing on the day, basically. So researching the company. Why, why is it important to research the company that you're applying for? Well, doing research into the company is really key to your confidence when you go to that interview. Often one of the first questions that is asked is, uh, what do you know about us, or what research have you done, or why do you want to secure this role? If you've done your research on the, this company, um, you'll be able to answer these questions really easily, really confidently, um, and you'll be able to relax sort of knowing that you've aced that question. The interviewer as well will also view you in a really positive light from the start, knowing that you're taking this role, this application and their company um, really seriously. So it's obviously win-win. You're going to want to do your research anyway, because you, you want to know um, that that company is right for you. Um, but the key thing is that the business will want you to have passion for their company. And one of the best ways to show this is to be able to sell the company back to them. And if you've done your research properly, you can do that really easily. Um, if you can understand their culture and values as well, uh, that's the best way to answer any questions. And if you can talk about yourself and how your values and culture are sort of in line with theirs, that will score you loads of points at interview. I can't tell you how many times I've sent sort of candidates to interview and the person that I think is the most experienced and most qualified perhaps um, gets pipped to the post by another person that's slightly less qualified, but actually they just show a lot more passion at interview. So the person that's interviewing them is just really impressed by their passion and how they come across in their attitude. So it's super important that, that you've done all your research. So what sort of research do you want to do? So I'd, I'd, I'd advise you have a look on the company website, of course, um, but also top that off with looking at social media sites, looking on Twitter, LinkedIn, recent news articles. So you want to know with that business, what is new for them? What is their history? What are their values, culture? Um, and you can do that by obviously looking at all of those places. Um, some people like to look at financial inf information as well. So you can have a look at um, sort of news articles, you can look on Companies House, um, and especially if you've been made redundant, it might be important to you to look at the finances of a company. And most companies, that, that's quite easy to access if you have a look online. 
Another great way to sort of review research into the company um, is to follow and connect with the interviewers um, that are actually um, going to be there on the day. So have a look on LinkedIn. You may have some shared connections. You may also have worked in the same place. So if you can find something in common that you can sort of chat about at interview, again, um, it's a really great thing to kind of have that sort of common element there. Um, and it's a great opportunity at the end of the interview to sort of ask questions about them themselves. Um, I think it's really important. And if you can get somebody chatting about themselves that's a great way to get them to sort of like you as well so um yeah do that also and also talk to people that work there so if you know people within that business as well um chat about them and what they their thoughts are on, on the company they might be able to share some sort of insider sort of insight as well with you um, and obviously if you can visit a site that's really important as well so if it is a store manager role you need to get into a store you need to have done a SWOT on it as well so if you can talk about you talk like you already work for that company um, so they can already sort of pitch you in that in that role um, that that's really brilliant if you can do that at interview also so understanding the job profile I guess it sounds a bit like an obvious one doesn't it um of course, you, you understand the job role, otherwise you wouldn't have applied for the role. Um, but this is really important to understand that job profile as much as you can. The questions that are asked at interview are going to be based around that job profile, the responsibilities, um, that advert that you applied into. So look through it as much as you can. Start thinking about the aspects of your current role or even previous roles um, that match each of those responsibilities. These are the things that the interviewer is really keen to know about. Um, it will help you as well kind of pick some real relevant examples that you can use, especially within those competency-based questions. Um, so the STAR technique, I'm sure all of you have heard of it, or most of you that is, it's the most commonly used technique we're looking for when we're asking competency-based questions. So it's really ideal. So talk through that situation um, that you dealt with or you dealt with as a team. Talk through the task that, that you were doing. Talk through the action that not only you took, but also the team took, dependent on your level of experience. And what was that result to that action? So that's a big ta-da moment. That's the bit that we really want to know about. That's the part where the employer... Um, potential employer can really see what you can bring to the business so don't be afraid to drop those numbers those percentages um, that we we would have had on our cv into our answers there that's the that's the wow moment so just a quick example i i needed to increase my sales by two thousand pounds to hit our annual target um, so we decided that we wanted to host a VIP night um, inviting all of our CRM list um, to come along, which I got the opportunity to host myself. So the result of this was massive. It was a really big success. We were able to exceed our target of £2,000. We actually brought in £3,500 to the business that night. As a result, we're not now just hosting this as a one-off, but we're going to be doing this quarterly. And eventually we want to roll this out to the, to the region. So that's just an example of how I've used that STAR technique um, to format an answer. So the next one is know your CV. So I did mention it slightly, the, the things we have on our CV, the achievements, the percentages and numbers, we want to make sure that these are reflective to our question, to our answers, sorry, to those 
achievement questions to those result-based answers. Um, if you've put £10,000 on your CV, I want to make sure that you are saying £10,000 when I'm asking you those questions. So make sure you know your CV as far back as possible. If five years ago you put in a financial number, you want to know what that financial number is. Um, not just when you're in interview for a job role, but also with recruitment agencies as well. I think that's something to note on because sometimes people are slightly more relaxed when they're talking to a uh, recruitment consultant. But we want to know that you can be able to deliver that in interview as well. So do bear that in mind. Absolutely. And I think that's the best sort of tips you can give them is, you know, as a candidate, just go through those job descriptions and just think of examples for each part of it. Um, so even if your mind goes completely blank at interview, you can kind of think, oh, right, these questions around customer service. What were those examples that I wanted to use? What was Danielle's star technique? And it will just set you on the right track when you are sort of in there. So third and finally, when it comes to the interview, is preparing the logistics. So you don't want to have done all of that research, all of that prep, and then blow it by turning, turning up 30 minutes late or not knowing how to use Zoom or Microsoft Teams or wearing the wrong outfit. So how are we going to do this? You need to plan your journey ahead of time. There are some great apps that you can do this. And I know it sounds really obvious. You might think, oh, I know how to get to that place. But actually, if you look on the app, you might not have known that there's some roadworks going on that are going to add another 20 minutes to your journey. So plan your journey um, a few days before that you, you're going. Make sure that you arrive sort of 30 minutes before your interview and sit, have a cup of coffee in the car or something to eat. You know, it gives you a bit of time just to have a bit of a breather, read through your notes and your research. Don't go in 30 minutes early, you know, go in about sort of 10, five, 10 minutes before your interview. But if you arrive nice and early, you're not going to go in feeling really flustered and, and um, stressed out, basically. When it comes to Zoom and Microsoft Teams, and as you can imagine, because of the pandemic, more and more um, companies are having to hold interviews that way, um, do make sure that you know how to use it. So do at least two or three sort of dummy runs with family or friends, just so you know how to use the app. You want to make sure that your background's looking really professional. You don't want to have a crazy filter on your face, like that cat filter that that poor bloke had with that, um, that judge that was all over social media. So make sure that you know how to use um, the filters, the background. Um, make sure that you're not going to have any sort of rogue animals or, or kids sort of running in or that it's not noisy in the background. Make sure you haven't got your underwear drying in the background. You know, you do need to treat it like it is a proper interview. Um, so make sure Sure that the background's really professional, um, that you look the part, um, and that you know how to use it. And one of the other beauty um, uh, kind of benefits, I guess, of doing it on Zoom or, or Microsoft Teams is that you can actually have your notes in front of you, can't you? So um, you can sort, sort of refer to them and refer to those examples um, that you've put sort of star answers to um, that Danielle spoke about as well. The other thing as well, and often it's one of the things that people worry about most, is actually what to wear at interview. So um, do make sure that you've sort of had a good think about that. Um, there's nothing worse than turning up to a really corporate environment um, dressed casually or turning up to a casual environment dressed really suited and booted. It will show that you don't understand the culture and the values. It will show that you don't, you haven't done your research on the company as well. So if you don't actually know, just ask. It's quite a normal question 
to be asked. So um, do ask the company what the dress code is, prepare your outfit the day before and actually prepare a spare outfit as well and take it in the car with you um, just in case you have a bit of a spill in, uh, of coffee or you've got that tomato ketchup down you just before you go in um, you, you know you can just quickly get changed and see so you're ready to go and then my other tip as well on the day is I know it sounds obvious but do make sure you have something to eat and something to drink uh, I have had candidates in the past um, faint in assessment centres and have all, have all sorts of things like that wrong with them so make sure you've got you know a good dose of caffeine in you um, make sure that your sugar levels won't drop during the interview um, and go in there with a nice full sort of stomach as well um, just so you feel okay so the top three tips to remember before you interview are make sure that you research the company make sure that you understand the job profile and make sure that you prepare the logistics once you've covered all of those, you're set for the interview. So in summary, these are our top, top tips to securing that job role of the first stage that is anyway. So yeah, make sure when you're writing your CV, you are keeping it brief, you're keeping it relevant and you're keeping it updated. Getting noticed, essentially, we are just saying it's really important to expand your network and utilise it effectively. Um, interviews, as we just discussed, so we want you to just make sure that you understand the company, do the research on that company, understand the job profile and prepare the logistics on how to get there or to how to set up virtually. Um, all of them are important to make sure you're not flustered on the day. So today we've very much covered the basics. There's so much more we could cover uh, when it does come to your job search. So hopefully Danielle and I will be able to do that in future webinars and we'll be able to expand on all these areas in a lot more detail um, and also give you a lot more sort of advice and guidance on the actual interview itself. Um, it has been very sort of top level today, but we do help that you, we do hope that you found um, it beneficial. And at least if you can take a few um, sort of snippets of um, advice from today that will give you the edge over your competition. Um, hopefully that will that will be successful for you. You've been listening to RHR Talks. Don't forget, the next RHR Talks workshop will be at 1pm on the 28th of April. So to secure your place, email your name to rhrtalks at rhr.co.uk. As always, for further information on vacancies and services that we offer, make sure to follow RHR on LinkedIn and check out our website, rhr.co.uk. Tim and I will be back with some exciting content over the coming weeks, so make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We love to hear your feedback, so please reach out to let us know your thoughts and any content you'd like to hear on future episodes. 